Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now. The Hunt Palmer Show. You are now listening to The Hunt Palmer Show. On 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Locking down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. This is Hunt Palmer. Welcome in. Hunt Palmer coming to you from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studio downtown in the capital city on this Monday. Hope your work week is off to a good start. Fun weekend on campus at LSU. We'll be talking about that, certainly. Denton Day from SiriusXM is going to join us in 30 minutes to recap the weekend in college football. Pretty big baseball game they're going to play tonight, which we'll talk about. And speaking of baseball, Matt Musso is going to jump on and uh, talk a little fall LSU baseball with us at 2.15. Saints didn't play this weekend. LSU won a game 62 to nothing. We're not going to load you up with Saints and LSU football for two hours. We'll do a good bit. The first 30 minutes are going to be devoted solely to LSU, but figured it was a nice time to slide a little bit of baseball in, and Musso's always down to jump in and chat about that, so we'll see him coming up in an hour and 15 minutes. But LSU wins 62 to nothing over Army on Saturday night. Look, uh, it's not a competitive football game. It's not one that you're going to have a ton of of huge takeaways from. Uh, what I like to do or the way I, I like to look at that is, man, the weather was awesome. Campus was buzzing. It was fun. There were a lot of people out. Sometimes these games later in the season, non-conference, you know, doesn't draw a great crowd. There was a great crowd on hand. I know a lot of folks uh, brought some youngsters to this one, a little easier uh, at least easier game for those those folks to get to. So like it was just we don't get a lot of Saturday nights in Death Valley. We sit there all summer long and think about football, football, football. So yeah, it was sixty two to nothing, and yeah, LSU won by a bajillion. But it was a cool day on campus um, for a number of reasons. Saw a lot of folks in military uniform. Of course, the governor is a West Point graduate. He did the coin toss. Saw the parachuters that came in. Uh, both teams sang each other's alma maters together. After the game, there was some pageantry involved. It was just a cool day. Football-wise, eh. Day-wise, two thumbs up. I had a great time. Um, But we will talk about kind of some of the things that we saw. Look, LSU was facing an Army team that did not have its starting quarterback. Bryson Daly got hurt against Troy last week. We didn't really know what his availability was going to be, and he didn't play. So they go out there with Champ Harris, and Champ Harris is the same quarterback as a freshman that played last week against Troy, and they didn't score a point. So you just, you're facing a team that just doesn't have very much punch offensively, and then defensively, SEC teams can't keep up with you, much less uh, Army. So it was, it was just a demolition uh, from start to finish. LSU started fast and played well throughout the game. They did everything they needed to do in this game to have it unfold the way that they wanted. And that's that was really all I talked about at the end of last week. I wasn't going to give you a ton of information on how Army's outside linebackers play, whether they're a primary man team or a primary zone team. I'm not telling you about the the the, the honors that they're 
uh, left guard has has gotten over his college career. Like this is is not when we're breaking down a bunch of X and O's and matchups. I just said, look, LSU needs to come out, play fast, get some stops, get this thing decided early, and then get some younger players some reps, rest some guys that may be dinged up. And that's exactly what LSU did. They they started fast on offense. They played disciplined on defense. They were in the right spot. They made they made the tackles. And they got this thing to a blowout at halftime and were able to sit Jaden Daniels, were able to, to get some freshmen involved. You saw a little big play from Trey Holly, and you saw a lot of guys on defense that haven't played a lot that got a chance to play. So mission accomplished from that perspective. I thought uh, LSU tackled well in the game. Uh, you saw Army trying to trying to do their their option stuff, and LSU was generally in the right place and making tackles. And really, the biggest takeaway that I had from this game was the night and the memory for Andre Sam. Andre Sam is an exceptionally easy guy to pull for. Uh, he had some tragedy early in his life. He has you know gone to McNeese and then to Marshall and then to Tulane and then to LSU. He's a Louisiana guy who's gotten this opportunity, and I don't know how many of you were, were listening in August when we talked about Andre Sam, and if you'd like to go check out the clips on YouTube, there was a great little piece that uh, was done on Andre Sam when he was at Marshall. Uh, he's dealt with a significant speech impediment uh, basically his entire life and has had to overcome a lot because of it and has really uh, done a great job of, of dealing with that and, and being himself. And he's, a, a by all accounts, a tremendous young man who's getting the opportunity of a lifetime as a Louisiana kid who grew up in, in south of I-10 down here and, and has an opportunity after playing at McNeese and then playing at Marshall to play for LSU. And for him to have the opportunity to go out there on a Saturday night in Death Valley and to make those two interceptions and make those big plays and have that memory that he'll take with him after six years of college football, I thought was really, really cool. And Brian Kelly was asked after the game about Andre Sam's progression in the, in the defensive backfield. His patience is really what's starting to show. I thought he took himself out of some plays early in the year, being maybe just a little too aggressive or out of control. If you remember early on, maybe some missed tackles. He's really settled in and is playing confident, patrolling the middle of the field. You know, he had a couple maybe, you know, he'd like to have back or he'd have four interceptions. But playing at a high level, we need him to continue to do that. If he does, he he presents um, a solid piece for us back there. Yeah, he, he he was an aggressive player. That was the the what we had heard about Andre Sam when he came to LSU. Of course, he played for Frank Wilson at McNeese. And I'll tell you this: in, in a secondary that did not make a lot of plays that I saw in fall camp, when there was a play made, it was usually Andre Sam. He was usually the one that was making the tackle. He was usually the one that was getting his hands on the ball. Like most of the time, when I went out to fall camp, you saw the defense in big trouble. And when they did make a play, it felt like, oh, there's 14. That's not a guy I even considered, really, going out to practice the first time. And I was like, I think he's going to play a lot. And now, because of the numbers in LSU secondary, which we'll talk about in the next segment, uh, Sam has gotten an opportunity to play and and had a big night uh, on Saturday night in Death Valley. Um, as far as the offense goes, the other piece of this puzzle from Saturday night, uh, look, the numbers are, are fantastic, as, as you would expect, LSU – uh, threw it for 369 yards and ran it for another 201. So a, a 570-yard outburst by the offense. I realize they're playing Army, and Army's not a, a very good college football team. But it is just sometimes impressive to watch the offense and look how easy they make things. I mean, it's like the first play. They come out, and boom, there's Kyron Lacey for 12 yards. It's, 
and they just go right down the field. And neighbors, you know, four catches, two of them for touchdowns. Brian Thomas, three catches, two of them for touchdowns. And then you kind of sit down and you let a lot of the other guys get out there and play. Chris Hilton uh, made a couple of catches. I saw Aaron Anderson get out there for a couple catches as well. Kyron Lacey had three catches in the game. They were able to spread the ball around a little bit in this game, and it just it just looks so easy. Jaden Daniels just makes it look so easy. And, and the highlight play for me from him in the game is obviously the play where he rolls to his right and flicks it down the field, and Brian Thomas is able to run under it and make the catch. And, and that's just one of those plays I tweeted this out, and I said it on the postgame show as well. Like Those are the kind of plays that make me think Jaden Daniels has a chance to be an NFL quarterback. I don't know. Um, it was easy to tell with Burrow. Uh, Daniels, this has been such a meteoric rise, and he doesn't have oh, a, a huge arm, or he's, it's a little slender in terms of his build. And you've, you've got to win NFL games from the pocket, although most of the quarterbacks do have a degree of athleticism at this point. There aren't a lot of guys that look like, like Peyton Manning and Terry Bradshaw and Troy Aikman out there these days. You don't have a lot of big like statues. You've got a lot of guys... That, that move, that are making plays in the NFL. And Jaden Daniels certainly falls into that category. But that's that's one of those throws to be able to, to evade the pressure, use your athleticism to extend the play, and then have the accuracy on the run to drop that thing right in the bucket over the top and hit Brian Thomas in stride. And there was no chance Army was going to catch him. That was an NFL-type play. Uh, it was really, really good. And we're just watching quarterbacking at, at such an elite level right now. Uh, he was 11 of 15 in the game, 279 yards, three touchdowns, did not throw an interception, um, and didn't really have to run at all, which is it's very, very rare when I get to the postgame show and fire up the stat sheet that I look at Jaden Daniels, six yards rushing. He usually got like 86, and, and this time he just kind of did his damage from, from the pocket and then got out of the game at halftime, which is exactly what you wanted to see. You wanted to see Jaden Daniels off the field and and just watching the rest of the night, and that's what you got. Garrett Nussmeyer went out there, of course, hit the the deep ball uh, over the top on his first drive, and and I thought played pretty well. Seven of twelve for ninety yards, and that uh, that deep one over the top, uh, which was a really nice throw um, for a long, long touchdown. Trey Holly got the the big play, the sixty-seven yard touchdown run, showed some speed there. Nice to see Noah Kane get involved, a guy that that puts in a ton of hard work, and he got in the end zone uh, in the game. I was looking to see more of Caleb Jackson, quite frankly, but you only saw Caleb Jackson for for two carries in the game. Um, they were going to give some of the other guys that haven't played at all an opportunity to go, and and I understand that. And it's a it's a fifty-five to nothing game. You got a guy that you, you're counting on the rest of the way that you may not want to put him at risk. But I was hoping to see a little bit more of Caleb Jackson. We did not see that. It was uh, more of, of Noah Kane and Trey Holly. You know what? That's just fine. He got out of got out of there and uh, and got everything he needed to accomplish into the bye week, and now got an opportunity to rest up and and go play against Alabama, which we found out today is going to be in prime time on CBS, as we all expected. That'll be a 6:45 kickoff. The last order of business from the game uh, is going to be our Citizens Bank and Trust poll question of the day. Uh, I'm certain that it will. I will be in the minority, but that's okay. I'm just curious. Uh, did you like the uniforms? Did you like LSU going with the gold helmet, the white jersey, the traditional jersey, and then the white pants? I hated it, but that should come as no surprise. I generally only like the classics, uh, and I just thought it was kind of a mismatch of stripes and just looked awkward, and I felt like I was looking at Denham Springs or Letcher High School. That's what it looked like to me. Uh, my opinion doesn't mean anything, but... I, I hate it. So it's, it's an old man yells at cloud. Hester got mad at me this morning on the air. T-Bob disagrees with me. I know. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not here to, to just to rain on everyone's parade all the time. 
Uh, I just love LSU's classic uniforms. I, I want them to wear them every every game. And then when they mix it up, I generally go, man, I don't like that. And that was the case on Saturday. So we'll see at the end of the show. We'll go back and look at the results. Just a simple, uh, how'd you feel about LSU's uniforms on Saturday night? Loved them, didn't like them. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, we'll just leave it at two. That's fine. We're, we're not going to have any middle ground here. Just state your case and, and pick a side. Uh, we'll see what the results are at the end of the show. I've got a feeling when we look back on it, there, most people are going to say, oh, I loved them. Loved the all-whites. Because when I tweeted about it, uh, that was the only response I got was that everyone loves LSU when they go all-white. Well, they went all-white uh, in Oxford in 2015 and got beat by a million. They went all-white last year against Tennessee and got beat by a million. They redeemed themselves in the all-white in this one. 62 to nothing was the final. There was some disappointing news uh, on Saturday night. We'll get to that next. You are now listening to the Hunt Palmer Show. Love telling you about Boudreaux's Electric. Uh, Boudreaux's Electric, run by Neil and Melissa Boudreaux for 40 years, installing, providing Generac generators. Maybe you don't want a generator at the home, but you run a business, and you need that business running even if the power goes out, which happens. Some Yahoo runs into a power line, the whole block's out for three days. You want to get something done. If you've got a commercial building that you need powered, Boudreaux's can handle commercial orders. Just give them a call. It's the same number they've had for 40 years, 985-397-1562. Again, it's 985-397-1562. They'll get that generator installed at your business, and guess what? Just like if you put it in at your home. Free 10-year warranty on all Generac generators over there from Boudreaux's Electric. Give them that call, the same number, 985-397-1562. It's Boudreaux's Electric. Listening to the Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Denton Day in 15 minutes. We'll kind of go around the country from a college football perspective as we do every Monday with Denton Musso coming up in an hour from right now talking some uh, some LSU fall baseball. He's been out there a couple times, as have I. So we'll we'll kick around some baseball here at uh, 2.15 this afternoon. Almost everything was fantastic on Saturday night. It was a great day on campus, as I mentioned. It was a 62 to nothing win. Uh, you got a lot of guys out of the game early. You got some young guys playing time. It was almost a perfect night in terms of the football program. But there's one massive, massive concern now. Uh, on the last play of the first half, which was basically a Hail Mary by Army, Zy Alexander intercepted the ball and started running it back. And he got tackled and he got hurt. And he was on crutches after the game. Uh, Gordy Rush on the LSU Sports Radio Network reported that he was having trouble putting any weight on it. Um, so it seems like it could be a, a significant injury. I don't know. But Brian Kelly was asked about it in the postgame press conference. A lower body injury that will get evaluated here um, over the next you know, 24, 48 hours. We'll get a better picture of that. So obviously we're in that window now. They're entering a bye week, and you won't hear from anybody on LSU's side this week, so we won't know for sure. And I certainly don't have any inside information or know, but it seemed like it 
may be a, a real injury. And if you look at that position, it's a, it looked like an ankle. And if you if you are playing cornerback, your really sole job is to change direction. You got to back back pedal, drive on the ball, change direction, cover, run, all that. It's just a terrible position to try to play with a bad ankle. You can you can get to a Tagovailoa the tightrope surgery and tape him up and have him go back in the pocket and try to throw it around a little bit, and that may that may work. Playing cornerback is a little different story, and so the thought that he may be unavailable for Alabama is a a real one. And you start to look at the numbers in LSU secondary, and it is frightening at cornerback at this point. I mean, you come into the season with Zy Alexander, who's now potentially hurt, Deuce Chestnut, who's not with the team, Denver Harris, who plays sometimes and doesn't play some other times, and we get answers on him all the time, Ashton Stamps, who missed some time on Saturday, Terrence Welsh has missed some time, JV and Toviano hadn't played a bunch, Save Ryan's come down. Like You, you are way thin on corner. So somebody, after the Zy Alexander uh, question was asked, asked about Denver Harris. Coach, uh, right here, was Denver Harris available to play in this game? No, inactive. Inactive. I I don't know. I don't know where Deuce Chestnut is or what he's doing. I don't know where Denver Harris is or what he's doing. Uh, I know that they don't play very often or ever. It's just, it's it's a troubling situation with two of the guys that actually are healthy. I don't know if Ashton Stamps is healthy or not. I don't know if LaTerrence Welsh is healthy or not. I don't know if Zy Alexander is healthy or not. I know that Deuce Chestnut and Denver Harris are healthy. I just don't know if they're going to play. So, Brian Kelly put some freshmen out there in the game on Saturday night and he talked about those guys having to play. I was pleased with um, you know Hughes' performance out there. Uh, we played him at corner. I thought he did a really good job. They ran a <coughs> excuse me a double move on him. His eyes were good. You saw uh, Javion Toviano playing some corner. You know those are the guys we've got. We're down to um, playing two corners that are true freshmen. You guys got anybody else? That's all we got. Any other questions about the freshman corners? No, I like them. I like them. They're just, you know, they're freshman corners. And those are the two that were available to us because Stamps is still out with an injury. And he'll be back um, hopefully on the bye week. So there's your information. It's a dire situation at cornerback right now. And I just don't know how much of it's going to get fixed in the next 12 days. That's how long you got before Jalen Milrow and that, that Alabama offense shows up. Now, that's not exactly uh, Bryce Young or Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddell and Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and, and all those guys, but they still make some plays, and you really are, are, are very, very slim at corner. It's just an unfortunate situation there for Zy Alexander. He's trying to make a play. It's at the end of the half. I wish he would have slid or just gone out of bounds or just knocked it down, um, but he's trying to make a play there, trying to – trying to go 100 yards on a pick six and and gets rolled up on at the end. So this is going to be a massive storyline over the next two weeks. Who does LSU have and, and what can they do? It, it's a little bit better if Denver Harris is active, I guess is the way we're going to have to frame it. If, if Denver Harris is active and Ashton Stamps is healthy, then all of a sudden you've got some numbers. You can slide Sage Ryan down there, and it's not as if you're playing with guys who have not played at all. I wouldn't consider that the strongest SEC group of corners I've ever seen, but it could help. But if Zai is not available and Denver Harris is inactive and if Stamps doesn't come back, all of a sudden you got guys that hadn't played at all that you're going to have to send out there. And that's a frightening, frightening situation. Now, 
the other good news, I guess, is if you're trying to put some perspective on this, it's not as if LSU is playing games like Iowa is, where you're trying to win games 10 to 7 and you lose an entire position group at, at defense and you weaken your, you know, your only unit that functions. Uh, LSU struggled in the secondary. So there's only so much you can struggle. They, they can't do much worse than they did in Oxford, no matter who's out there. Put me out there. It's not going to be much worse than it was in Oxford. Um, so that's one way to look at it, I suppose, but it's, it's unfortunate. So uh, we, we're not allowed access to practice anymore. And we get these injury reports. Do I put a ton of stock in what we hear week to week on injuries? Not, not a ton. <laughs> I think that there's still probably a little bit of deception there at times when you want to conceal an injury or, or a situation, uh, whatever the case may be. But you, you start to look at that group and you're just about out of guys. So it's a concern to say the very, very least. I thought uh, in terms of importance, that was probably the most important thing that we saw because the defense is, you know, getting some confidence at least over the last three weeks. They played decently enough in the second half against Missouri to get some stops and win. You played a solid football game against a bad Auburn offense, and you played a solid football game against a bad Army uh, uh, offense. So, um, Casey, if we could play Kelly, um, Kelly number nine was talking about it being a big step for the defense. I don't know if you can take a huge step uh, when you're playing Army, but Kelly spoke to it. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm pretty pleased with, you know, playing a team that runs, you know, a very difficult offense, you know, because you have to leverage the football, you have to tackle well, you have to have gap integrity. All the principles of playing good defense are on display tonight. You have to have those in place. And so, you know, we passed the test. Now, again, I'm not ready to, to nominate this defense for uh, any award, but they are making the progress necessary to continue to build and have the building blocks to be a defense that can be a, a championship you know, football team. So good steps forward tonight. This was a big step for us. We'll see if any of that's true or not. We'll see if any of that's true or not. Maybe they are making steps. It'd be hard to tell against, uh, against Army. But you could tell against Alabama if they play significantly better and they hold Alabama to 24 points or something. That would be that would be a big step. I just don't know how much stock you can put into to Army or Auburn because they're just so poor on the offensive side of the ball. So if your defense if your defense is getting better, then great, your team's going to be better and you're going to be have a real chance to win your games down the stretch here. If it's not getting any better and it's just because you're beating up on these bad teams and when you play a functioning offense against Alabama and some pretty good weapons against Texas A&M and whatever Florida brings to the table uh, in a given week. If, if you're not playing better, well, then you still got this offense to lean on. And Brian Kelly was asked, hey, can you, can you win the West and win in championships just playing track meets? We just shut out an opponent. Are you just going to throw water on on the on this thing? We just shut somebody out. Now we're in a track meet. That track meet was a long time ago. I don't even remember it. All I remember is playing really good defense this this game. Last week we gave up 18 against Auburn, and they just uh, I didn't know they lost, but they were in a heck of a tussle with with the team that we lost to uh, the week before. I think Missouri's a pretty good team, and uh, our last two quarters were pretty good. So I get what you're saying. I hear you, but I think we're making progress. And so, no, we can't win a championship giving up 30, 40, 50 points a game. I don't believe that. But we can if we continue to improve. <laughs> that, was, that was a quality answer. Uh, we're going to play some sound in hour number two that's even more quality from Sam Pittman. 
Um, Y'all know how I feel about press conferences and how some answers are half-truths or concealing things or disingenuous, and and that's something you've got to take into account for in these situations. And that one kind of felt a little bit tongue-in-cheek early and then kind of wound around to, um, I think, what they're probably preaching in that room. is like, hey, defense, like, you're getting better. Good second half against Missouri. Good job against Auburn. Good job against Army. This group, and and maybe that's what they need is just a little a little confidence boost because you couldn't have had any confidence after the Ole Miss game and then the first half against Missouri. Like, how could you even show up and and? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Act like you've got any confidence after that happened. That's as bad as a defense can play, but. Maybe they're turning a corner. We're just not going to know. That'll be the entire this week and all of next week as you get ready for Alabama. That'll be all we talk about. Is LSU's defense capable of going on the road and getting some stops against the talented team? Yeah, they can do it at home against Auburn. Yeah, you bring a service academy in there with a backup quarterback. That's pretty good. But the question is going to be, can they do it on the road? I don't have a lot of questions about how LSU's going to play offensively in, in Tuscaloosa. I think LSU is going to go score 30-plus points because that's what this offense looks like. But defense, I just don't know. I hope, and I'm looking at numbers at corner, but you just can't know. And so that was just a real bummer uh, of a situation with Zy Alexander. But maybe things are headed in the right direction. We'll just have to wait and find out. Uh, in a couple of weeks in Tuscaloosa. The Baton Rouge Zydeco take to the ice for the first time when they face off with the Columbus River Dragons Thursday, October the 26th. Single-game tickets start just $10. You can get them online at RaisingCanesRiverCenter.com or through Ticketmaster, or you can register for a chance to win free Baton Rouge Zydeco tickets from us here at 1045ESPN.com. We'll step aside. When we come back, Denton Day, Sirius XM's college football overtime, is with us on the Hunt Palmer Show. The Hunt Palmer Show. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. That way you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash 1045ESPN and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 and present in Louisiana. New customer offer. First online real money wager only. Refund issues. Donald Trump bonus bet expires in seven days. All customer offer. $5 NBA wager required. Limit one possession, one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions applied. Void where prohibited. See terms for both offers at FanDuel.com slash 1045ESPN. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. This is the Hunt Palmer Show on 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. 
Moving right along here on this Monday. Hope your work week's off to a good start. Always enjoy our Monday conversations with Denton Day, host of College Football Overtime. Saturday nights from 11 to 1 Central Time. He's with us now on the Jim's Firearms Hotline. Denton, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Hope you are as well. Doing very well. Doing better than James Franklin, probably. Uh, Penn State <laughs> goes to Columbus. They only put 12 points on the board and they lose. It wasn't a pathetic effort. They weren't blown out, but they didn't get it done, and that's kind of been the narrative during his time there. What did you see between Penn State and Ohio State on Saturday? So if you remember a couple weeks ago, maybe it was only a week ago, there was that viral moment between James Franklin and a reporter because the reporter asked the question, Coach, do you feel like you have enough explosiveness in your offense? And then he went on this random tangent. He attacked the reporter, and he didn't answer the question. Saturday answered the question. No, they cannot throw the ball down the field. They do not have an explosive offense. It was very apparent watching them try and move the ball, specifically in the second half. They just didn't have answers. And Ohio State is better defensively than what we've seen in best defensive unit. But there's still a, a unit that you should be able to move the ball against. I feel like on paper, Penn State might be better. Uh, than Ohio State, which is crazy. From a talent perspective, Ohio State has way more talent. But just from an on-paper perspective and how Penn State had played up to this point, I was expecting a better effort, but their offense just didn't have the juice, and Ohio State did. Uh, I laid the five-and-a-half with Ohio State, felt good about it, and I was, I was proven right on Saturday. Yep, one by eight. That'll get you home every time. What do you make of Kyle McCord as a starting quarterback for an elite-level program? He's okay. Yeah. He, he's just that. Like he, he's he's better than certain guys uh, across the nation, but I don't know if I would trust him to to win a game in a hostile environment. We haven't seen that, so I, I am excited. With that being said, to, to seeing how he's going to to handle Michigan when that game comes comes up in a couple of weeks. But as of right now, he, he's just a, an okay quarterback playing with way better than okay talent. You mentioned Michigan. They win 49 to nothing over a Michigan State program that's kind of in, in a spiral. Um, J.J. McCarthy, four more touchdowns. Who's got a better chance to win the Heisman Trophy, J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels? You take Penix out. Oh, that's a really good question. So I think I think that is going to depend. I think if Jaden Daniels, Daniels does basically what he's been doing to everybody, against Alabama and hands Alabama's second loss and LSU finds its way into the SEC championship game, I would lean Jaden Daniels. But if that does not happen, if LSU loses another game, because wins and losses, obviously, as we know, don't directly impact the Heisman, but there is some element of it that does. And Michigan remains unbeaten, and J.J. has a great game against Ohio State. I would say J.J., but that's a, that's a great question. That's really, really close. Michael Penix wasn't great, uh, th turned the ball over three times on Saturday against a bad Arizona State team, but Washington did win. Where did, did that affect his Heisman candidacy? I think it did, but I think for him, he's really glad that happened at a time where just about half of the country was asleep, yep. probably more than half of the country was asleep. And I don't know how you feel about the Heisman Trophy voting process. I hate it. I think there are a lot of people that have a Heisman vote that should not have a Heisman vote, and I'm a little jealous because I want a Heisman vote. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that do that have a Heisman vote, though, and they weren't watching that game. So 
he might be able to skate a little bit uh, out of this one if he goes and he continues to ball out against better teams. Those of us that are yapping around midnight on Saturdays, we're watching it. So we, I did see it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, look, it was 20-7 to at halftime. Tennessee felt like they were in control of the game, and it all came crashing down on them in the second half. Um, what, do, what, what does that tell you about uh, Tennessee and where they are right now? It tells me that Tennessee is kind of where I thought they were. Uh, I didn't think they were an upper upper tier team this year in the FCC. I didn't think they were an upper tier team in the FCC East. Uh, I think they're a uh, they're a good team. I, I think they could play really strong. I think uh, I, Joe Milton didn't play terrible in the first half. I don't I don't think he played great the second half. And I I think that's kind of the tale of what Joe Milton is. Alabama started to get their offense rolling a little bit and. Uh, Tennessee just couldn't match it. There's a big difference between Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton, and that was on full display this weekend. I'm, I'm trying to word this question properly, but it's only coming one way. Is, is Alabama a national championship contender? Can they win the whole thing? I want to say no, but as I continue to watch them beat teams that are ranked and beat like the way they beat Tennessee, I thought was very impressive. I mean, holding that offense scoreless in the second half, that did kind of remind me of a national championship kind of performance from Alabama. So I think they need a lot of help just to get there. But if they keep winning, I do think there is a potential that, that they could win this whole thing. I, I think they, they are. They don't look like they normally do, but they just keep winning. And that's really all that we ask teams to do is just keep winning. TCU did it last year, and they showed up and, and had a chance to play for it. A team that did not win uh, on Saturday is USC. They lost to Utah and gave up 34 <laughs> points in the process. I mean, is there anything new to, to add to this? Um, no, not not really. We we kind of know what USC is uh, offensively. I, I still think they're okay. You know, Caleb Williams just hasn't been playing great. There there have been calls, and we knew these calls were going to happen the second some sort of adversity happened with USC, saying that Caleb Williams needs to uh, to pack it up. Yeah. He needs to go to the NFL. I mean. In like a four-week span, he was going to go back to USC because he didn't like the team that was currently slated to be number one overall. He then wanted equity in whoever drafts him, and now he's just about ready to go to the NFL and, and leave everything about USC behind. It's exhausting. It's tiring. I love the kid because he's from D.C., so I always root for guys that are from this area. But this USC team is a Lincoln-Riley coached team. Lincoln-Riley is a very good college head coach. He is not the, the highest of tiers. I think people placed him there. He, he's not that. And the, this team this year is a perfect example of that. Just can't play defense. He scored 32 points. Just decent. You just can't, couldn't get enough stops to beat, to beat Utah. All right, let's move uh, quickly to, to next week. I think the biggest game is probably Utah uh, hosting Oregon out West. Should be a, a physical football game. Who do you like there? I think I'm leaning Oregon in, in this one. I, I have been very impressed, though, with the way that Utah's played. And they're still very quietly in the mix not just for the Pac-12 championship, but if they were to run the table, I think they would be in the conversation for the college football playoffs. So this game's going to be huge, but I do think Oregon is the better team. I think Bo Nix is certainly the better of the two quarterbacks that we're going to see this weekend. And I think Oregon is kind of on a mission now. They lost to Washington. They probably felt like they were the better team and to an extent. I don't disagree with that. Washington just got the benefit of a couple turnovers and a couple of really big plays at really good times. I think Oregon is, is going to get it done, and I think this might be a uh, an impressive win for the Ducks. Oklahoma's headed to Lawrence. Used to be a you know, walkover, but at this point, Kansas is, is pretty good. I don't know what the status of, 
of uh, of Jalen Daniels is, but Oklahoma was on the ropes at home last week with UCF. Uh, do you give the Jayhawks a chance? No, I don't. I think this. I think last week was yeah. the one game. Uh, you kind of figured with Oklahoma and Texas, they just happened to have it the same week. There was going to be one game where they were challenged by a team that shouldn't be challenging them. I think that was last week. I think you're going to see a much better version of this Oklahoma team. I think Dylan Gabriel's going to have a much better performance. I think Oklahoma wins that one big. Uh, you still think Michigan's the best team in the country? I do, yeah. Uh, Florida State's close, but I do think Michigan's the best team in the country. Interesting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see when uh, when Michigan gets a little stiffer challenge here in the coming weeks. Denton, we appreciate the time on this Monday, man. Hunt, appreciate it, man. Be good. He is Denton Day, Sirius XM's college football overtime each and every Saturday, 11 to 1, recapping all things college football then. Then he jumps on on Monday and does so for us. It's not a super awesome slate uh, on Saturday, and that's kind of a bummer for us when it's the bye week and you'd like to to watch some football. Maybe you take the bye week and do something else. I'm actually going to go play golf, so uh, I won't be watching a ton of football, but it's a great time that you don't have to go tailgate. You don't have to lock in on LSU for, for four hours. You can watch kind of whatever you want, and you look around, and it's like, okay, Oregon and Utah is a pretty good game, but the best SEC game is Georgia and Florida, and it's a 14.5-point number at this point. Um Oklahoma, Kansas is trying to work real hard. Florida State's headed to Wake. I don't know if that's going to get anybody fired up. Duke and Louisville, maybe if it was basketball, I'd be a little bit more excited than I am. Uh, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, is that kind of interesting? Maybe. Uh, but it's just not, a, not an awesome, awesome week of, uh, of college football. So uh, maybe get some things done around the house or be like me and go play golf, go do something different because um, it's just not a super, super awesome week of college football coming up. Uh, LSU did secure a big commitment on the recruiting side of things. We'll get back to LSU football before my uh, SEC thoughts on the weekend that was coming up at 2 o'clock. So come back with us right here on the Hunt Palmer Show. You are now listening to the Hunt Palmer Show. Jersey Mike's Highway 30 in Gonzales near the New Heritage Shopping Center. Man, get that cheesesteak, the number 17 Grilled fresh to order, tender steak, peppers, onions, white American cheese. It hits the griddle right when you order it. They cook it up right there in front of you, and it is fantastic. We told you last week the whole office had Jersey Mike subs here. They, you can do that. They've got boxes of 12 subs. They can do individual box, lunch, box lunches with the chips and maybe a cookie you can throw in there. Uh, so if you ever want to feed the office, Jersey Mike certainly can handle that. And if you do a catering order from Jersey Mike's with our friends on Highway 30 in Gonzales, 20% off that catering effort if that you tell them the Hunt Palmer Show sent you over there. Jersey Mike's, awesome, awesome stuff. Download the uh, Jersey Mike's app. Stop by and see our friends on Highway 30 in Gonzales. You can do DoorDash as well. Got all your options. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. You're listening to the Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. We'll look at some things that we think that are important for us to um, address in practice before we, you know, start to look at Alabama. I think there's some things that individually that we want to get some players to look at and then some, some scheme things, and we'll do that on Tuesday and Wednesday. Brian Kelly laying out his plans for LSU's open date. Tigers take it on Halloween weekend every year right in front of Alabama and kind of understand what they what they do. They get in and um, kind of look at the tape from Army um, and, and do some self-evaluation for the first couple of days. Maybe a, a brief bit 
of, of install for Alabama, but not nearly what you would think as far as what I've been told by players that have, have been involved. Now, Brian Kelly wasn't involved for all that, but most of the time um, you don't really start unpacking Alabama from from the player's perspective until you come back on, on Sunday from the bye week. So it's, it's not like it was um, 20 years ago where you were going to do all your scouting for Alabama. Like you, they have so many analysts and do so many things all year in terms of data collection that like they've got a lot of that already to go for Alabama. As far as getting out there on the practice field and implementing it, it's just not something you do for two weeks. It's more of a, a one week type of deal. So they'll, uh, they'll spend some time working on themselves uh, the next couple of days. They'll give the guys a few days off at the back end of the week so they can go home and, and, and rest and recuperate. And then they'll, they'll be full steam ahead on the tide come when they come back on Sunday and on Monday. But one thing that the coaches will certainly be doing uh, on this open date is recruiting. That's something that never stops. And it gives you an opportunity to really get out on the road and, and do a little bit of recruiting um, this weekend, seeing some, some high school players play in person, making trips places. And, and they'll be doing a lot of that in the coming days. They also got a commitment over the weekend as far as recruiting goes from PJ Woodland. Woodlands is an athlete, like 5'11, 6 feet tall, uh, 165 pounds or so. So thin, but a real, real good athlete from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, goes to, to Oak Grove High School. Um, he had uh, previously been committed to Mississippi State, uh, decided to reopen that commitment. Uh, Commitment and he commits to LSU. Uh, has had offers from Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas, Auburn. Uh, but was a Mississippi State commitment and flipped to LSU. This is another high school corner. Obviously, you lost Andre Evans last week, uh, who who decided to commit to Texas uh, to Georgia. Uh, but you add PJ Woodland in this class as a corner. And they've got to continue to add high school corners. They cannot continue to keep restocking these shelves with sophomores, juniors, and seniors who were going to leave in another year every single year. They had to do it in year one, and they they took the guys they could get, and those guys moved on pretty quickly. You, you took Jacques Renard Converse in, he's gone. You took Joe Fouché in, he moves on. You bring in Makai Gardner, he's gone. And so you got to redo the whole thing, and you bring in Deuce Chestnut, and you bring in Denver Harris, and you, you bring in Zy Alexander, and we'll see which of those guys are on the team moving forward for various reasons, some eligibility, some discipline, some transfer, some who knows what. Um, but you can't keep doing this year after year after year. That's why the, the Evans commitment uh, to Georgia kind of stung a little bit, but Woodland committing in is, is definitely a good thing. This is one of the best athletes and players in the state of Mississippi, um, and that's – it's a good ad at a, at a place they really, really need it, which is the defensive backfield. I'm going to have like nightmares about, about LSU's situation at cornerback, and certainly PJ Woodland is not going to come in here and uh, and and fix it this year. He's in high school, but it's just they've got to continue to recruit high school level players like Ashton Stamps, like LaTerrence Welsh, like JV and Toviano. Those guys that come in and give you some stability in the secondary. You've been. Like exceptionally stable on the offensive and defensive lines. You've been really, really stable at the wide receiver spot. Your quarterback position is as is as solid as as it's been in a long time. You look at the running back. They got they got eight and nine guys on scholarship at running back, and you've you've done a good job at, at linebacker of adding high school players and then complementing that with a transfer portal. But the biggest upheaval on this roster has been DBs. It's just been. It's and it's we got so used to for twenty years, just unbelievable stability and and play and like it, it's so good because you can roll through guy by guy like who took over for who it it, it just looked like that for 
20 years. And it, it just got disrupted in this double coaching change. And they've just had a hard time getting it back on track. I mean, you have, you had your two kind of best guys two years ago, leave you. You had Dwight, Eli Ricks and Dwight McLaughlin who were kind of next, the next chains in that Fulton Stingley line right into to McLaughlin and, and Ricks and they left and you just, you've, you've replaced them with some portal guys and it just hasn't, you hadn't had the continuity or the level of play that's necessary to win. So hopefully you can start to do that a little bit. Nice add to this class in the youngster PJ Woodland. Uh, the first ever Baton Rouge Kids on the Catwalk Dreams Come True Fashion Show is coming up October the 26th at the Country Club of Louisiana. Dream Kids are going to be walking the catwalk, catwalk with local dignitaries as their escorts. Flynn Foster, our guarantee owner, will be there. Richard Condon from Eagle 98.1 will be there. Uh, if you get admission into the Dreams Come True Fashion Show, it includes uh, dinner and an open bar. There's also going to be live and silent auctions featuring celebrity auctioneer T-Bob Bear. So purchase your tickets or your tables online at dctofla.com, dctofla.com. We're so fortunate here at Guarantee uh, to be able to be involved with Dreams Come True. It's such a fantastic organization um, here in our state, granting dreams and wishes for children who are, are battling illnesses uh, and, and, and their families alike. And so uh, any opportunity we have to help them out, we always take it. We've got the telethon that we do each and every year. Uh, and then this fashion show that's coming up, uh, is the first one ever, and we're thrilled to be just a small part of it with with Flynn Foster and Richard Conan and Tiva Bear. So, if you do have the means, we certainly uh, would would be so appreciative if you'd go to Dreams Come True and and uh, and buy those tickets and make those donations. Um, just trying to make as many of these dreams come true as we can. Sometimes it's a trip to Disney. Sometimes it's a new puppy. Sometimes it's meeting uh, a, an athlete that they that, that they want to meet. Um, and it just puts smiles on those faces, and it is incredible to see. We watch a lot of videos um, in here of, of some of those kids, and it's just uh, it's just awesome, awesome stuff. So we appreciate Dreams Come True and hope to see you all out there uh, October the 26th, which is, of course, Thursday of this week. All right, uh, that's hour number one here on this Monday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show. Hope your work week's off to a good start. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, talked about LSU and Army uh, for the first two segments of the show today. If you want to catch that on demand, 1045ESPN.com's On Demand tab, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, anywhere you can find your podcast, or, of course, on YouTube. Hunt on LSU, all LSU football talk all year round. It's not going to sprinkle anything else in there but football, so we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to that channel. Um, we'll Put my a reaction to LSU and Army up on that channel. Benton Day uh, from Sirius XM's College Football Overtime was with us going through the uh, the country as a whole in college football. We did that at 1.30 and then a little LSU recruiting talk there to end hour number one. Busy hour number two, though. Very much looking forward to it. Um, my picks against the spread in the SEC coming off a 5-0 and week. How did it look? Had four games that we picked. And then there is some sound from Sam Pittman postgame that I cannot wait to play for you. It is fantastic stuff from a listen for an entertainment perspective. Obviously Arkansas not playing very well, lost six in a row. Uh, but Pittman had some, some interesting things to say on Saturday. And then Musso is going to jump on uh, in 20 minutes at two 15. And we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. <laughs> the champs have been out there uh, going through fall workouts and I didn't want to spend two hours talking about LSU and army. So I tapped Musso on the shoulder. And said, hey man, you want to talk about Cam Johnson and Paxton Kling? You want to talk about uh, Steven Milam and, Talk about Jared Jones. We'll do some of that coming up at 2.15 with Musa. We'll take uh, take a quick break, pause for Sports Center. We'll come back on the other side. You're listening to a Monday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show. <laughs> 